Oh, thank you for your mercy, Jesus. <laughs> mm. I am in awe of the presence of God. That the almighty God, the star-breathing creator of all, who said, let there be, and there was, takes the time to come and be with us here as we worship him. Amen? There is such power in the name of Jesus. And if I can just encourage us, even now, you know what, if you don't usually lift your hands, I dare you for the first time. We just want to surrender ourselves and we just say, Jesus, say it with me, people. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, that is the name that's above every name. Every name. There is no more powerful in a name than the name of Jesus. Do you know, at the name of Jesus, darkness has got to flee. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for each and every one of us. And not only did he die, take our sins, reconcile us back to the Father, but he rose. Woo! He rose on the third day, and he now <laughs> rules and reigns at the right hand of our Father. And thank you, Jesus, that you sent, you said that you would send another, the Comforter, the Alos Parakletos, and we honor you in this place, and we thank you that you are here with us. In Jesus' beautiful name, and the church said a resounding, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm thrilled, I'm excited to be here, and as soon as I can get these stallions to gallop in succession in my heart and in my stomach, I'm sure I will feel a lot easier. Please pander to my insecurity, and either give me a little hallelujah, give me a little amen, or just say, go for it, Deborah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Woo. Uh, by and through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I am so in love with my God, and I am so thankful that he has saved me. And Michael asked me, I just want to say to the elders here, honestly, I submit myself to you. If you feel I'm saying something that's not too kosher, please just say, okay? Mikey, you'll, I know you'll rein me in. I get Michael asked me to share on John 14, and if you would like to bring, if you've got your Bibles with you, and I strongly encourage and recommend that you, oh, now I can see you, <laughs> I strongly recommend that you bring your Bible, you know, the Bible, the Word of God is our sword, is our sword, and yes, I, for convenience sake, I use my phone to look up scriptures, but let me tell you, when we read the word, it comes alive to us. And so if I can encourage you to bring your sword of the spirit, bring your Bible. And the reason why I love to read from the living word of God and not just on my phone, on the phone it just gives me that little bit. But when I look at the word, I can see things way more in context. So I encourage you to bring your Bibles. Do you know when I first got saved, do you know what? One of the things that really impressed me, because I got saved back in the 80s, and was I went to church, and back in the day, 
preachers used to do this a lot. And I loved the way a Bible flapped. I was such a wonderful heathen. I didn't know you got different uh, versions of the Bible. And I went into a bookstore and I was picking out Bibles doing this <laughs> to see which one had the better flap, not whether I could understand what the word said. I just wanted to flap. And this dear sweet lady who managed the bookstore came to me and she said to me, may I help you? What are you doing? <laughs> I said, I don't have a Bible, but I want a Bible that flaps. <laughs> Anyway, that was funny, uh, and uh, since then I have learned that there, <laughs> there's more than just having a flappy Bible, but God is good, and he meets us where we're at, and my heart and my prayer all week as I've been preparing is, Father, open the eyes of our understanding. In Ephesians 1.17, Paul speaks about that. His prayer is open the eyes that we may be enlightened, that we don't just merely see words here, but Father, open the eyes of my heart that I would know the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the amazing love that he has for you and I. Amen? So I'm sure by now you've all got to John 14. And Jesus is speaking to his friends this is just before he is betrayed and crucified. Jesus in chapter 13 has washed the disciples' feet. These were friends of his. He predicts his betrayal in chapter 13, and in chapter 14 is where we are going to start. And the very first verse of chapter 14, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled, Trust in God and trust also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. You see, a troubled heart eats away at your faith. And so I'm hoping my prayer that by the end of tonight that your faith will be swelling in your heart and that you have tasted of the goodness and the peace that only Jesus can give. And here Jesus is talking to his disciples. He wasn't talking to the multitudes here in, in John 4. He was speaking to his friends. And I speak to you as friends and to everyone who is possibly listening. If you are not a friend of Jesus, may I implore you to open your heart to the King of Kings and to become a friend of his. He is the one that sticks closer than a brother. He is the one that will never, ever leave us. He is the one that will never, ever forsake us. He never leaves us, but he is a constant friend. He is faithful. And so I just feel, as Jesus was speaking here, it was a word of warning of what was coming. You see, even in, in uh, chapter 13, verse 21, it says that now Jesus was deeply troubled. Here we have the Son of God, the King of Kings. He was 100% God, 100% man. When he walked on earth, he suffered, he felt the same emotions you and I did. 
Scripture says that he was tempted in every possible way. Jesus was tempted and he overcame. But here we see in verse 21 that Jesus was so deeply troubled. And and he explained, I tell you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples, they looked at each other and they were wondering, what on earth could this man mean? And the one, the disciple that Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. And Simon Peter motioned to him and said, what is he talking about? Jesus was warning his friends of things to come. And here in chapter 14, he says to his friends, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust always in me. Looking around us and even personally, how often do we stress or feel anxious about situations or frustrated because of unanswered prayer by seeing hardships and experiencing heartbreak? How many of us haven't walked a very, very lonely path and thought, where are you, Lord? When our hearts are troubled, Our faith is eroded. And yet Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled and to trust in him. What a comfort we have to go, we don't have to do this on our own, that God loves us so much that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we can read that in Matthew 28, where he says he is always with us. And then today I got so excited, I turned into Deuteronomy. If you want to turn there with me, I've got it marked here somewhere. Deuteronomy 31, that's right in the Old Testament. I did my little detail fall out. 31 and verse 6. This is Moses. This is just before the people are going into the promised land. He said, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither, neither fail nor will he abandon you. See, we serve the same God yesterday, today and forever. And then he spoke to Joshua. Most of us are so familiar with Joshua chapter one, comes straight after Deuteronomy. Again, he says, be strong and courageous. The Lord says this to Joshua, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, and I will um, give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning neither to the left to the right, and then you will be successful in all you do is by being obedient, is by looking to God for absolutely everything. So I was very excited when I read Matthew 28, and then I did a little cross-reference, that God was saying this to the people right back through Moses. It made me think, how often do we not enter our promised lands because we've given up? 
because of doubt, because of fear, because of anxiety. We go, this is too hard. God, where are you? But yet God says, I will never, ever leave you. I will never, ever forsake you. That he is with you through it all. Isn't that exciting? I made notes so that I don't deviate because I I do tend to go down little rabbit holes. Jesus said, if you love me and obey me, then I will ask the Father and he will give you another, the advocate. If we can read this here in verse 17, still in chapter 14. Starts off with uh, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. Does that sound familiar to Joshua? And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. And in some translations, it might say helper there. It might say comforter. It might say counselor. But he is the Holy Spirit who will be with you forever. So in Greek, in the Greek version, you probably hear of alos parakletos. Alos means another, parakletos, the one who sticks, the one who's close by you. So that's what the name of the Holy Spirit is, is that he is the one who sticks so close to you. And when you submit to your life and Jesus becomes Lord of your life, Holy Spirit dwells within you. He dwells within you. And because of his indwelling presence, we are able to accomplish much. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him. You know him because he lives in you. Can anybody remember before they became a Christ follower, trying to read the Bible and thought, what a dry piece of literature. Does that ring any bells? You know, I tried reading and I went like, who on earth can even understand this? Why would anybody read it? Now I can't live without it. You see, when we're in the world, when we haven't become born again of the Spirit, the words are just dry because it wasn't meant for them. But when we submit ourselves to Jesus, that word comes alive. And Jesus said, like, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will make our home Um, with each of them. I'm just trying to find the part where um, where it talks about him and us. My father, Jesus is in the father. The father, Jesus is in us, and we are in him. And when I was reading the scripture, can you just look it up there for me, Michael? I've got a little lost here. But it's it's in um, chapter 14. When I was reading that, I thought, I need to immerse myself in his presence. And I was in my kitchen, and I had this little bag of red hot chilies. But they were drying out. But I didn't want them to dry out. I wanted to preserve them. So I found a little bottle, put them in, and I topped it up with oil. As soon as I did that, 
I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you are in me and I'm in you. And this is how I am to live my life, right? The oil preserves, and then not only that, between the, t- the oil and the chili, when I do it to fry eggs or fry a piece of meat or whatever it does, it actually enhances the flavor. And so it is with us and the Holy Spirit. God partners with you and I to be his hands and his feet, his eyes, his ears, and his mouth. And when we surround ourselves, when we immerse ourselves in his presence, we bring a beautiful flavor wherever we go. And I encourage you, John 14, 10. Sorry, I got a little here. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, verse 12. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Who's when you read the scriptures and you go, oh my goodness, how exciting. Jesus healed, he spat in mud and the blind eyes were opened. Where he spoke to people and the mute could speak again. Deaf ears opened, the dead were raised. And here Jesus says, if anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with my Father, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. And so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You see, when we are immersed in the presence, in his presence, It's not my will be done, Lord, but your will. When I'm in his presence, I start to pick up on the rhythms of heaven because Holy Spirit is working through me. He gives me ears to hear what I would not usually hear in the natural. It's not just for me. Say this, it's for me too. Come on, say that. It's for me too. Come on, I told you guys, you need to speak to me because it's very difficult here by myself. (laughs) Do you believe that? When Jesus says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Regardless of age, nationality, tribe or tongue, God uses a willing vessel. Oh, golly. So as children of the Most High God, we are to immerse ourselves in his presence. The more time we spend in presence, the more clearly we can see and understand situations. And the things we don't understand, God will give us the grace to be able to trust him as he works all things together for the good of those that love him in Romans 8.28. You know, when we pray and we don't see the answers that we're wanting, or It's taking way too long. When I'm in his presence, it doesn't matter because I can trust him. And just like this chili, chill out 
in His presence. When we chill in God's presence, He satisfies. There is fullness of joy. There is hope is restored. He fills us with a, with a love that in the natural it's impossible, but through God it's very, very possible. He enables us to do things that we would not usually be able to do on earth. He is a good, good father. John 10.10 says that Jesus is a good shepherd. Jesus says that I am the good shepherd and I shepherd my sheep. And we can read that in Psalm 23 quickly. Why don't we turn to Psalm 23? I love the psalm and I think I'm so glad I learned it as a child when I went to Sunday school because it's never, ever left me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Do you see, when we are not constantly in his presence, we can start to whinge and moan, and we can start to complain about the things that we don't have. But when we are in his presence, we are fully satisfied because he fills our mouths with delight. He gives us a peace that surpasses all our natural understanding. He lets me rest in green meadows, and he leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Father, even now, I just ask that strength is renewed in this place. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff comfort and protect me. You prepare a feast. Who can eat when they're feeling anxious? (laughs) I can't eat when I'm feeling anxious. But here Jesus prepares a feast for me in the presence, in the presence of your enemies. He prepares a feast. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and the unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of my God forever and ever. Jesus the greatest shepherd of all. We know, he says in John 10, that he is a great shepherd and the sheep know his voice. And so I did a little study about shepherding today. And we see that shepherds care for all the needs of their sheep. Even though they are smelly, they care for all the needs of the sheep. He takes his sheep to green pastures, quiet waters. He guides the sheep along safe paths, and he leads them through danger, guiding and defending them with his rod and his staff. He feeds and cares for the sheep, even even when uh, there are life-threatening conditions. And he anoints the sheep's head with oil. And we know that David fought both the lion and the bear whilst he was protecting his father's sheep. So then I go anoint the head with oil. Why do shepherds anoint the sheep's head with oil? I grew up on a farm, and once a year they would have a dipping season where they would dip the cattle, where the cattle had to go through this trough of dip to get rid of parasites, and was exactly the same with the sheep. But the sheep 
the shepherds put anointing, they anoint, they apply oil to their heads. Now listen to this, and here I've just got three reasons, there are quite a few other reasons, but the three that I thought were very, very fitting, they anoint the sheep's head, especially um, in mating season, during breeding time, the fighting rams. Because what happens is that you get these rams that will lock heads, lock horns, to try and impress the ewes. And their horns can become entangled, and even just with the head butting, they could actually cause themselves a lot of um, bodily damage, and they could even die, right, with, with locked horns. And so then the, the shepherd applies oil and grease to their horns so that hopefully they'll just ricochet off one another and their horns won't get lost. And when I drew a little parallel, I was just thinking, oh my goodness, God, us, your sheep, the locking of horns, the fighting rams, those are the disagreements, our egos, butting of heads. You don't see it the same way I do. And we can butt heads. We can lock horns because we have egos and everybody wants to be right. And in Psalm 1914, this says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. May I encourage you, before you want to uh, stand on your soapbox, immerse yourself in his presence. Let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, Lord Jesus, may they be pleasing to you. Secondly, they would anoint um, the sheep's head for nose flies. So in the summertime, flies bother sheep. And if you have horses, it's the same thing. You'll see a horse with one of those uh, um, fly nets over its head. Because of the warmth and the mucus around their nose, flies like to uh, lay their eggs and then the little larva, when they sprout, can actually cause um, them to be very, very itchy. And also the hovering of the flies causes, you know how skittish sheep are, huh? causes them to run off and panic. And when this larva hatches, they will do anything. They will go and hit their heads against a rock or a tree stump to get rid of that irritation. And so my parallel for that was nose flies are irritations. In the body, in our families, we will not always agree. We are human. But next time you get irritated, go and spend some time. And I'm speaking to myself. My husband is sitting right here in front of me. He's going to hold me accountable. Spend time, immerse yourself in his presence. Anoint my head with oil, Lord. Help me to see and understand. In Colossians 3.13, the scripture says, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you and remember Remember that the Lord forgave you, so therefore you must forgive others. Irritations, you know, um, we've been leading a church for quite a long time. 
But I would say one of the main things, people just get irritated and then they feel, oh, well, I'm being led to a different pasture. Or um, it's because of little irritations. And if we do not nip those little irritations in the bud, it, it just be, festers and infections happen and then there's heartache. And so I implore you, Spend time in his presence. And when those irritations will grow dim as God gives you wisdom on how to deal with these. And then in the last one that I'm going to speak about is called scab disease. Doesn't that sound charming? Come on. <laughs> scab disease is another condition which is very troublesome in the summer as it's a contagious disease known as scab. This is actually a parasitic condition and is caused by a mite that is spread from sheep to sheep through friendly headbutting. Friendly headbutting. And they're rubbing up against each other. And so what happens is that the shepherd applies a thick layer of anointing oil, antiseptic oil, over them so that this scab disease doesn't form. So what they're basically doing is they just trans like little parasites that are on them, giving it to, to each other. And I just thought, it was friendly headbutting. And I immediately thought of offenses. Oh, I just want to share something on my heart. You know, the other day somebody, somebody did this, this, and this. I, I just want to speak to you. Right? I then load my offense onto somebody else. Or I hear of something and I take that as a personal assault. Be, a, be ever so careful and aware not to pick up others' offenses. It's so easy to do. I can hear a story about people I don't even know and become very offended. And then I've got to watch my attitude. I don't even know the person. I'm already angry. Therefore, I have to go and spend time in his presence and ask the Lord to renew me. The Bible is very, very, very clear on what we do if you have anything against a brother or a sister. In Matthew 18, you can read it. Go and approach that person. Let there be clean air, no bad air between us, right? We're a family, families butt heads, families can squabble, there are egos. But may we be so aware of Holy Spirit. He's in us, he gives us the ability to overcome and to lead a life that will bring glory to the Father. And right at the very end of verse uh, in chapter 14, why would I close it? In 27, Jesus says, um, okay, let's just, yeah, but in uh, verse 26, but when the Father sends the advocate, when the Father sends the Holy Spirit as my representative, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, 
Who likes gifts? I love a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And that peace we know is the shalom, the shalom of God. His peace. It's not just like, oh, you know, the kids were have making a record all afternoon. I just need some peace and quiet. You see, that's very conditional peace. The peace that Jesus gives us, the peace that comes through knowing the Holy Spirit is unconditional. It's not conditional on circumstance. He fills our heart with peace when we spend time in his presence. There is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Hmm. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a good, good father. I thank you that there are so many things in this world, Lord God, when we look at them with our natural eyes, we go, how on earth? But Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, that you are with us. Oh, God, thank you that you give us the strength and the ability to be overcomers. I thank you that every day is an exciting adventure with you. Last week, Paul used the acronym of faith. It was a fantastic adventures in trusting him. Fantastic adventures in trusting him. And every day, we look to you, Jesus, as our author and our protector, our supplier, our comforter, and I thank you. The, the worship team are going to sing a song, which, you know what, you've probably heard it so many times, and you've probably sung it with such great gusto when you've heard it. It's called It's Oceans. It's a Hillsong song. And um, the words are fascinating. So I just want to also say, be very careful when you sing songs and you apply them to your life, and then when it happens, we start to get a little bit sad. Anyway, in this song, which um, this group again is saying, it says, take me deeper where my feet could ever wander. Take me deeper. Take me deeper, Lord. Don't we say that? Lord, I just want to go deeper with you, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust, where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Wherever you would call me. Father, may we have a trust and a faith in you that we are out of our comfort zone. I don't know about you, but I don't like walking on water. I like to know. But you see, life in the Spirit is trusting wholeheartedly in Him. He leads us where we can't stand. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger. Take me where I can no longer stand, Lord. Where you are above me, around me. 
my faith is made stronger. You know, when we can do things in our own ability, that's a wonderful gift that you have. But God is calling his people, he's calling his children to come deeper. I encourage you to go deeper, come deeper with him, to let go. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you never leave us. (laughs) I thank you, Lord God, that you are our strength, that you are our savior that you know the things that we need, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that even now, every heart, every heart will know that you are faithful. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. I thank you for your shalom that you are our all-sufficient one, Lord. Great is your name. Great is your name. Should we stand and sing this song together? I dare you. I dare you to go deeper. The things that we don't understand takes faith 